let's say a year from now, we brought you back on the show and sure. just kind of looked over the past 12 months and look back on that. What would have happened from now till then for you to feel happy with the progress concerning your business? Understanding the customer's needs, maybe even before they understand what their need is mm -hmm. and having the information that they're going to request available to them and even automatically given to them before they even request it. Really, really good for customer service because the customer then is like, wow, yeah, how'd they know I needed that? That's exactly what I needed. If you're someone who refuses to go along to get along, if you question whether the status quo is good enough for you and your family, you want to leave this world better off than you found it, and you consider independence a sacred thing, you may be a prepper, a gardener, a homesteader, a survivalist, a farmer, a rancher, an environmentalist, or a rugged outdoorsman. This show is for those who choose the road less traveled, the road to self-reliance, for those living a daring adventure, life off the grid. All right, uh, with us today is Joe Stout, president of Mount Capra. Joe received a Master's of Science in Clinical Human Nutrition from the University of Bridgeport and Bachelor's of Science in Human Nutrition and Food Science from Washington State University. Along with running the farm, he is engaged in graduate studies of sustainable food systems at Green Mountain College and is certified in permaculture design. Joe and his wonderful bride, Elizabeth, have been married for 11 years and have been blessed with seven beautiful children. Joe, welcome to the show. Brian, thanks for having me on, on the show. It's a pleasure to be here, and congrats to you on the new addition to your family. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah, we just, I was telling Joe we were going to be meeting sooner, but what ended up happening is we ended up with an arrival of our third child in my family, so that was, that was cool. That's super exciting. Yeah. You get hey, any so, sleep? <laughs> just barely. <laughs> just barely, yeah. I feel it. Get it where I can, you know? Right. So why don't you let everyone know what you do, Joe? Yeah, great. So we're uh, based up here in Washington State, actually. We have a, a goat dairy. It's actually the largest goat dairy in Washington State. Uh, we run about 500 head of goat. What we do with those goats is we take the milk that we get. We have a processing facility that we process that milk into different nutritional components of milk. Um, things like uh, goat milk protein. We'll extract the minerals, the lactose. We'll also extract some of the, uh, the cream and turn, turn it into um, ghee, which is a clarified butter. We do a lot of things with goat milk ingredients and things that surround kind of the alternative nutritional world. That's a great way of describing an alternative nutritional world. I could see that kind of goes back to your background in nutrition. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started in this whole thing? One of the things that we're pretty proud of in terms of our company story is that we've been uh, continuously family run now for over 90 years, actually 91 years this year. Back in 1928, a father-son team known as the Eggers family, they began the goat dairy and we're creating cheese from the goat milk. Um, one of the leftover products that you have when you make cheese is something called whey. Whey has a little bit of protein in it, but it has a lot of minerals and electrolytes in it. And so they were concentrating that whey down into something that they called wex for whey extract. Uh, so they would sell cheese, and uh, about 25 years before the health food supplement market even began, they were selling a, uh, an extract of whey. They had a bunch of different uh, ailments and whatnot that they really prescribed it for. And uh, so in 1985, a year after I was born, 
my dad uh, met with the son of the father-son team. They decided that they were going to pass on the business on to him because he was a, a young, up-and-coming, aspiring farmer. He was a city kid that wanted to work on a farm. Also, at the time, I was uh, one years old and I was very allergic to cow milk. Uh, he was working on a cow milk dairy at the time. And so he saw it as um, something that not only would diversify away from the commodity market that cow milk is, so he would, it would develop a niche line of products, but uh, also being that uh, uh, one of his kids was even allergic to cow milk anyways, it, uh, it really made sense. So I grew up with the business. I grew up on the farm. And uh, when I went off to college, I originally was going off to college with the idea that I would become um, a veterinarian. Uh, just because I enjoyed working with animals. As I experienced some of the initial uh, coursework for veterinarian work, I really found myself being drawn to two things. Number one, the human sciences and human nutrition. And also, I loved the work that my family had been doing with this business. I wanted to make it my career as well. So that's why I ended up getting two degrees in uh, nutrition. And uh, in 2012, my dad, who was 62 at the time, decided he was going to go back to school and become a doctor, <laughs> become a naturopathic wow. doctor. And so he asked me and my wife to come back to the farm. We were living in Spokane at the time to come back to the farm and uh, run the farm, run the business, basically handed me the keys to the whole thing and wow. said, I'll see you later. I've got work to do. <laughs> so uh, I've been running things since 2012 and it's been going really, really well. A lot of things that I've learned along the way. That's kind of the, the story up until this point. Yeah, well, that that's fabulous. I, it's it's always interesting to me how people involved in the goat milk industry oftentimes get pulled in by some type of personal nutrition issue. Yeah, and it's just absolutely. funny. And your whole yeah. family got got right. pulled into yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. It's very very interesting. It really shows you the the amazing properties that goat milk has over anything yeah. else out there. And you right. you guys are definitely going to town with that. I mean, if you guys go to mountcapper.com, you can see they've got all these protein products related, including powders and so forth. They've got the ghee, as you mentioned. You guys have goat milk soaps and supplements, including probiotics and electrolytes, which most don't necessarily relate. Back to especially goat milk. So that out of all these products that you have going on right now and on your website, what would you say is the top selling one? Because we are a niche company, uh, one of the things about a niche company is that you have to define what your niche is going to be uh, or your niche, depending on how you That's right. that, that word. Uh, when you decide what your niche is going to be, part of that is deciding what your target market is going to be. With Mount Capra, our niche is goat milk and it's less the target market. Our target market can vary throughout the whole life cycle of nutrition from little bitty babies to use um, our ingredients to make a goat milk formula recipe all the way up into the um, elderly who use our goat whey protein to really help keep weight on when it's so hard to keep weight on when you're in those older, older mm -hmm. periods of life and then everybody in between. And so in terms of what a product would be that would be best selling for us, um, the product that we start, we've been selling for the longest is a product uh, known as Capra Mineral Whey. It's in a red bottle. It's right there on the front page of our website. It's a product that has the word whey in it, but it's really not a protein supplement. What it is, is it's that minerals, those minerals and electrolytes that have been concentrated down from goat milk. Um, and that's been a product that for a lot of people is one of the best all around use products just for good health. Minerals in our diet are something that have been steadily declining as we practice something called industrial agriculture. Industrial agriculture is very bad for the environment from the standpoint of 
um, improving the mineral concentration of soils. And so we, we farm a lot of, not Mount Capra, but as a culture, we farm using chemical salts, uh, nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. Because those are the only three minerals that you need to grow a plant, you end up getting a plant that's grown, but all of those other trace minerals that normally would be present in that plant, they end up not showing up anymore because you've just used uh, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium to grow this plant. I think if you look at what the mineral content was of, say, a head of cabbage in 1950 when the USDA actually set the mineral content for that, I think you have to eat like 16 heads of cabbage now to get the same mineral content. Wow. Because our soils are becoming so depleted of minerals. The difference about Mount Capra, though, is that we don't practice what's known as tillage agriculture. We grow grass. Now, grass is pretty much useless to humans because we can't digest it. But grass is amazing at pulling minerals from the soil because the grass and the soil have this symbiotic relationship where they can break down all of the spectrum of minerals found in the soil and they can make it bioavailable, not to humans, but to goats. Mm. Goats, cows, deer, sheep, those are ruminants. They can actually take something worthless like grass to us nutritionally, and they can turn it into a product that's extraordinarily nutrient dense for us. Uh, and so things like the mineral content of our soils gets passed into the grass. The ruminant, the goat, takes the mineral content in that grass and makes it bioavailable for us. And so that Capra Mineral Way has just a really amazing ability of delivering trace electrolytes and minerals to our diet that you otherwise wouldn't be getting um, from mm. the product. So, so that's, that's been certainly the product that we, the Capital Mineral Way has been a product that we have been selling for the longest time. We've, been, we've made that available for almost a century now. Probably the one people are most familiar with when they come um, to, for nutrition is protein products. And so we have a lot of, quite a variety of different protein powders um, from like chocolate uh, protein powders that are balances of both casein and whey protein to products that are just whey uh, concentrates exclusively. So mm -hmm. probably those two products would be our, our most popular ones. Very cool. So who's your ideal customer? You sell a lot of things on your website. Describe them, their mindset, and so forth. Sure. Um, the ideal customer uh, for us, or a lot of times what it ends up being, and the, the term we use here internally is uh, we call them end-of-rope customers. They're at the end of their rope because they've tried everything else, and they're just super sensitive to all kinds of ingredients. Now, dairy products are very, very nutrient-dense, uh, meaning that they have a lot of nutrition uh, packed in a very small amount of space. But the problem is for cow milk, cow milk ingredients, is that a lot of people are allergic to them. Uh, very, very sensitive to them. And so our ideal customer generally is that person that's looking for product that is going to be real optimal digestion and absorption of a product. Um, and it might be because they're really sensitive to the other ingredients or because they just see the benefit in um, finding a product that is going to be more uh, nutritionally complete in its digestion and absorption. Well, how are you finding the, those ideal people that sure. are in the search for something different to be able to help their nutrition? There is certainly no silver bullet that we found. Um, word of mouth is definitely a, a huge one for us. We're a small company um, and it's just a small family farm here, but we're, we kind of are doing big things in terms of the products that we're able to offer to our customer base. So we really, uh, a lot of it has to do with kind of wowing our customers with our service and then they go tell their friends, to, hey, come check this out. 
But also, uh, you know, we found a lot of success in accessing different marketplaces. And so a big one would, of course, be Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, we got into that uh, three years ago. And we got in that primarily because we weren't really that familiar with uh, selling on Amazon, but we noticed a lot of customers, a lot of wholesale customers were just reselling our stuff mm-hmm. on Amazon, but were not providing that level of customer care that we wanted to see. And so we jumped in and have had really good success with it and have been basically have gotten access to a customer base that otherwise would probably just ignore us because they want the convenience of Amazon. Yeah. So, and then, uh, you know, we do a lot with, uh, with making sure that we're available through our social media channels, Mm -hmm. Uh, probably less prospecting and more, you know, real customer service. Mm -hmm. Uh, a big part of what we do um, as a company is um, provide ingredients that parents can go make a goat milk formula uh, mm-hmm. using a recipe. So we don't produce a goat milk formula, but we produce ingredients that people use to make the formula. Well, it's a very education intensive prospect doing that. We found a lot of good success in just making sure that we're available to the customer to answer questions whenever needed, you know, whenever they need those questions answered. So we have a, a registered nurse that's actually full time with us that wow. pretty much all she does all day is uh, take care of our customers that are using the ingredients for the goat milk formula. Um, you know, she troubleshoots with them and, and he will even um, dialogue and interface with their doctors to, to make sure that the, the kiddos are getting the nutrition that they need. Wow, that's fabulous. That's really, really interesting. They, especially, so what you're saying is you're using social media more for after you've already brought a customer on board yes. and that, yeah. that ongoing support, ongoing community yeah. that you kind of built up there. Yeah, exactly. We as a company really um, value education a lot. And because we value education, we want our customers educated uh, as well as we are educated. One of the things that uh, there's a actually just north of you a little ways is an organization called the Nutritional Therapy Association. It's called the NTA organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and they um, produce a, uh, a nine-month education course, uh, and they produce something called NTPs or Nutritional Therapy Practitioners. Everybody that's interfacing directly with our customers, they all go through that training. And so they have a very, very uh, good understanding of the nutritional uh, requirements of the human condition, as well as they understand what we value and why we value it and, mm-hmm. and how we can give that to our customer base as well. Um, and so really, and then, you know, of course, I have a couple of degrees in nutrition and my dad at 62 went back to become a naturopathic doctor at the most prestigious school, um, uh, Bastyr University up in Seattle. To s- All that to say that even though we are goat farmers, <laughs> um, we're goat farmers who really value education and value not just an, an educated staff or educated team members, but educated customers as well. We're going to take a quick break from this conversation. You know, when people ask me what I do, I tell them I'm a business growth strategist. And they say, well, what the heck is that? It's all about standing out against your competition, standing out within your industry, standing out in front of your most ideal clients so that there is no competition, there is no comparison, there's nobody else out there that can do what you do in the way that you do it, whether that be products, services, or otherwise. One of the toughest places to stand out is when you're discussing the concept of competition. So whether your customers see it as competition or whether it's only you that sees it as competition, if there is competition out there, it's going to be standing in your way. And there's no competitive force out there that I see as common, as ubiquitous 
as Amazon.com. Amazon.com has become the devil to most e-commerce based businesses for sure. And it's certainly putting the squeeze on offline businesses also. So that's why I set out to write the book, Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business, How to Stand Out in Your Industry and Make All Competition Completely Irrelevant. Now, whether Amazon.com is your competition or not, or whether you're teamed up directly with Amazon.com, this book will help you to look past anyone as your competition. Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business. Now, this book is not out as of this recording, but if you want to find out when it's available and how you can get your very own free copy, I want you to go to brianjpombo.com slash Amazon book. If you leave me your information, I will let you know as soon as that's available. And not only that, but anything else that we end up offering having to do with this book. For example, how you can get a hard copy of this book, how you can get the audio version of this book, how you can take part in workshops related with the concepts within this book. That's nine ways to Amazon proof your business. Go to brianjpombo.com slash Amazon book. And now back to the conversation. If you're talking about the industry and your business as a whole, you've been president since what, 2012? Yeah, correct. From your experience so far, what, what do you like best about your business and the industry as a whole? Yeah, I love working with uh, customers that care, customers that uh, are very well-informed and uh, customers that really seem to understand and respect a company that cares about the things that they care about. I really like that a lot. I, I've never felt like I don't understand the language that uh, people are talking to me. You know, So if, if I was to say, I don't know, take over a a garage or something, you know, like a mechanic shop, I would be in over my head because I don't, I'm not a mechanic. And so I, I love being, you know, well-versed in what my customers care about. But I also like how things are constantly changing and there's constantly, you know, nutrition is such a baby science that it's just, we're still in just the infancy of, of nutrition. And that's why it's kind of frustrating, but things seem to change so much in the official recommendations. And being on the bleeding edge of that education means that, you know, you can start offering your customers information and you can start offering your customers knowledge that the public health officials will be giving to them 30 years from now. Mm. But, you know, they, because the public health officials, they're always 15, 20, 25 years behind sure. the time. You know, they still think things like saturated fat is bad. And yeah. <laughs> you, know, you make your whole, whole diet based off of whole grains. <laughs> yep. But, you know, 20 years from now, they'll have adjusted that. But we're able to give that information to our customers now. And I'm able to learn a lot of that stuff as a lot of things have changed even since the 10 years ago that I was in school. And so I love the progressing nature of that landscape. Oh, that's fabulous. So what's your biggest gripes about your business and your industry? It goes along with one of the things I like the best is that there's so much misinformation. People are, uh, are told so many different things and, you know, being in the industry, having some education, it's pretty, it's somewhat straightforward to, you know, synthesize the different information and, and come up with a logical conclusion. If I was a mechanic, I would understand all the things about mechanics um, but most of my customers wouldn't, you know, people bring their car into a shop. They don't know anything. That's why they brought it to you. And so I would think a lot of the misinformation that our customers get is frustrating because there's so much misinformation that, that's out there. 
Absolutely. If we were to talk, let's say a year from now, we brought you back on the show and sure. just kind of looked over the past 12 months and look back on that. What would have happened from now till then for you to feel happy with the progress concerning your business? One of the things that uh, we're really looking to improve as a company is understanding um, the customer's needs, maybe even before they understand what their need is, mm -hmm. and having the information that they're going to request available to them and even automatically given to them before they even request it. Um, not only is that really, really good for customer service because the customer then is like, wow, yeah, how'd they know I needed that? That's exactly what I needed. But it also frees us up for more time developing more content and developing more information that they need. And so we're really trying to increase the, um, the way in which we personalize our automation with our customers through our email marketing platforms. And we're seeing some good feedback on that, some better interaction all the time. And then one thing is we create more and more content for our customer base and give them that, you know, content is king. So give them that stuff that's very valuable and premium, maybe even moving into a model where you have paid content too, where they actually have maybe some customers are good with just you telling them, Hey, just do it this way. And that's all they need to know. Or maybe some customers want to go way deeper, having the resources, the financial resources to justify go making them go as deep as they want may come with some paid content. Maybe 12 months from now, uh, if you were having me back on the show, we will have more of a, a model where we can have that as an option to our customers. That's excellent. You could see that your website is heading in that direction. You guys have a lot of great information there. Sure. But the one thing I hear you going back to over and over again is the idea of educating the customers and giving them the information that they need. Right. So have, thinking about that ahead of time and making yeah. that a big part of, of your yeah. process, that's going to be really great to see. I can't wait to see how you guys do on that. What are the obstacles you see stand in your way of getting there? I'll tell you exactly what the obstacles are. Every day there's, uh, you know, 10,000 things that need to get done. And so it's prioritizing things enough that you carve out space for that big thinking, creative moving forward, and not just the reaction times. Because, you know, a big part of running a business, of course, is reacting to the problems and the needs and the, and the things that are in front of you right now. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that oftentimes gets overlooked then is the actual future of the business. So I've hired on some more people to work on our office team and it's been really good. And it's almost like the more help I get, the more projects that come up and <laughs> it's kind of like the more, yeah. some of that future thinking stuff kind of goes away. Absolutely. Definitely balancing those two things, dealing with the day-to-day -day stuff that has to be dealt with, but dealing with it in a way that's systematized and that's systematic enough that you're not only doing that 100% of the time. Yeah, got it. So you think a lot of it has to do with how you personally handle these things yeah. is affecting how the company is is yes. going along. And if you can yeah. get that under control, you can see the whole sure. process moving fast. Yep, yep absolutely. So that's really insightful. And I think the other people listening to this are going to get a lot out of that and really relate back with you on that because that seems to be a common sure. issue of anybody. Right. Up a yeah, exactly. Especially one that is on the smaller end of tight, you know, you got a, a tight family run goat farm and mm -hmm. you're growing out internationally. I mean, you can right. imagine that these things are the things that pop up along the way. So really kudos to you for moving forward with that and really having, looks like your focus is really in the right place. On that end, what advice would you have for other business owners and executives who might be listening in uh, that, especially ones in other industries, do you have sure. any blanket advice that you'd be able to give them something that you've learned a, l a little piece along the way? 
Working on ways that the system can work without you is really key. If the system only works because you're there making it work, kudos because you're very important. But really what you want as a business is you don't want a ball and chain. You want a business that's going to work if you are there or not. That's not to say that it's a business that doesn't ever need you, but it's a business that the nuts and bolts of it can work whether you're there or not. And so to do that requires a lot of systematizing of the business. And I've got far more growth to do with our own business on that than I have done. I say that only as a um, junior traveler on that path towards systematizing. Mm -hmm. I know it's important and now it's just a matter of actually getting out there and doing it and making sure it happens. Right on. Fabulous. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you think that's important to bring up regarding Mount Cap or regarding yourself? Those are good. I mean, when you're talking about, especially with your audience, wanting to know the nuts and bolts of how businesses are successful and what things make them successful. I think we've touched uh, on a lot of those things that have kind of been the, the secret sauce for Mount Pepper, which is, you know, define your, define your niche and, and figure out who your customer is going to be and figure out how to wow them. There's a lot of other things that are included in that, but, uh, but as the overarching goals, that's really, that's really key. It's a, it's a great synopsis. So what could a listener who may be listening and interested in find out more about you guys, uh, how could they find out more about your products and services? What's the best direction to send them? Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, come on over to the website, mountcapra.com. That's M as in Mary, T as in Tom, C-A-P-R-A. Check out the website. Give us a call if you want to hear more. We, of course, all of our own in-house customer service. And so everybody that when you call down there, um, you're going to get a very, very educated staff person uh, answering the phone. And uh, we'll be more than happy to to walk you through any of the products if you want more information than what's already on the, the website. This was a fabulous conversation, Joe. I really appreciate you spending time with me. Definitely go check out mountcapper.com. Thanks a lot, Joe. I hope to see you again sometime. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on, Brian. Good to talk with you. Okay, so after I had the interview with Joe from Mount Capra, I went home and told my wife because the one thing I did not mention is that our son had been having trouble in the eating department. He was about two months or so, and we had been having issues. The fact that Kate had difficulty breastfeeding him, he was eating mostly formula and was not gaining very quickly. And we were looking for alternatives because we knew the ingredients in normal formula was not that hot. So I went to Kate and told her about all the stuff that Joe had been discussing about goat's milk formula. And why don't you tell him what you thought? When my son was born, I was determined to breastfeed him. But unfortunately, it wasn't in the cards. So fast forward a couple of months, we've struggled with giving our son regular formula. He wasn't liking it, wasn't drinking enough. He was barely 1% for his weight. And when a baby is in the first percentile for weight, that means in comparison to an average baby who would be 50th percentile, my baby was only in the first. And it really stressed me out as a mom because it's my job to make sure the baby eats and thrives. And initially when I heard about goat milk formula, it blew me away because I had no idea that you can make your own. And it was so unbelievable to me. I spent probably about five hours on their website reading their blog and comments and all the research that they have available. I've read it all. We thought we would give it a try. So we purchased the kit and there's been a few times where we tried it and 
um, weren't consistent enough with it. But guess what? At about three and a half months, our son was still in the first percentile for weight after only three weeks of him drinking this formula and liking it and drinking more than he's ever drank before, he clocked in at seventh percentile. So you can imagine how happy we were as parents to see him be so healthy and finally put on a little bit of cheeks and thighs and just grow finally and have a little bit more weight on him. I feel that it's been a miracle and that we were led to try this formula. I'm not one to get carried away with anything out of the ordinary that is not mainstream. I don't get carried away with things that are unusual. So it was difficult for me to change my mindset and give this a try because I don't experiment with things. I I stick to what's true and proven and known. And this was really a big change for me, big paradigm shift. I'm glad I did it because it really has worked very well for us. So I would definitely recommend anybody who is looking for the best formula for their baby to give Mount Capra's goat milk formula a try. So that's my wife, Kate. And so you understand how personal this episode has become for us. Also on the business end of things, if you re-listen to this, you will hear many business concepts being promoted by Joe that you can take and add directly into your business. Look at how they've been able to create a community over what are very simple products, very straightforward products. And yet by focusing on one market or another, they've been able to create a large amount of community. They've been able to plug into communities that are already out there. In the end, all business comes back to the who. Who are you going after? Who are you talking to? Who are you putting this in front of? What do they want most out of your product or service? Fabulous episode. I can't wait to have Joe on in the future and be able to talk to him more about where Mount Capra is going from here. Join us again on the next Off the Grid Biz Podcast, brought to you by the team at brianjpombo.com, helping successful but overworked entrepreneurs transform their companies into dream assets. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Off the Grid Biz Podcast, Go to offthegridbiz.com slash contact. Those who appear on the show do not necessarily endorse my beliefs, suggestions, or advice, or any of the services provided by our sponsor. Our theme music is Cold Sun by Dell. Our executive producer and head researcher is Sean E. Douglas. I'm Brian Pombo, and until next time, I wish you peace, freedom, and success.